episode 395 of Good Luck High Five. That's right, you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic at the Gathering. Whether you're sitting at home jamming some Marina or you're Maria forgetting to turn our soundboard on. So this is the second time that I'm doing this intro. Everybody, we went for about... 15 minutes. 15 minutes before realizing <laughs> we were not recording. So, here we are. Take, Take two. two. Take two. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Yep. I mean, it's so great we needed to do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And speaking of great shows today, we're going to talk about uh, the State of Design 2020, which is based off of a Mark Rosewater article that he does every single year, looking at the year in review Yes. and seeing like, oh, these were some big hits of the year. These were some big misses. These are lessons we learned. And these are things we're going to be focusing on moving forward in magic. That's right. We're also going going to crack another waterlogged pack. Oh my gosh. So beware. Um, in case you didn't see over on our Twitter, we asked people to guess the value that we lost because this is an eternal master's pack. Jeez. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what's in here. Yeah. It's it a, is very waterlogged. It, it, it feels like, is there still water? In yeah. Like, it yes, super it's puffy. It is puffy. The Aww. cards like s- swelled up with water. Yeah. We asked people to say how much we lost and then whoever is closest, we're going to donate that amount to the charity of their yes. choice. So um, even though it's a sad event, it's also a happy event it, for charity. Yeah. Um, but also, it smells like mildew. Yep. Like super, the pack super from does. the outside smells like mildew. <laughs> Before we start uh, talking about 2020 and design and magic and cracking sad boosters, uh, it's time to say thank yes. you to some people. The first people we're going to thank are, of course, you, everybody who is a patron over on patreon.com slash glhfmagic. Thank you a million times over. Welcome to the family. Any new patrons who have joined since our last episode and people who have been here for forever. That's right. And if you joined back in Patreon Pledge Drive Month, which was March, we are finally mailing our first wave of pins this week. Um, It was put off first because they could not ship the pins to us because of COVID. And then it was put off because our last office flooded and we just didn't have any materials or heads on our shoulders to think about mailing anything with. Yeah. But now that we are here in our new space, I am super happy to get those out to y'all because they are so cool. They're really awesome. Uh, They're really awesome. And we also have, you know, you might be one of the lucky people that we send some extra swag to because we've got some sweet swag sitting around. (laughs) Some secret sick sweet swag that's going to be like, it's like a golden ticket from Willow Monkers and Chocolate Factory. You oh, might get except it. we're not going to murder any of you. No. Oh, my God. That is what happens in that book. I'm just letting you know. Because it could Dark. be. It's always vaguely threatening when someone <laughs> says a Willy Wonka situation. Yeah. And speaking of our new office, you can tell if you're watching the video version of this podcast, we are further along with getting our new set set up. I'm super happy. It looks so great. A uh, big thanks to our friend Alex for helping us get this all set up and ready to go. Um, and thank you to you, of course, the patrons, because you literally make this possible. I'm yes. gesturing behind me to all of this because all this would not be here without so cool. you. And if you want to be one of those people who helps us, head on over to patreon.com slash GLHF magic today and sign up for literal any dollar amount and you'll be part of our family. Thank you also to Card Kingdom, our wonderful sponsors, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF, the place to go to let them know that you support us in supporting them. Nice. That That makes sense. That is right. Yeah. The Um, support goes always. It goes always. Um, including them supporting you because they are always coming up with new innovations 
in products. They come out with their own draft sets. They yes. come out with their own cube that you yes. can buy. They come out with battle decks. They yes. come out with beginner decks. So you yes. can teach people. They're not just here to sell you magic gear. They're help here to help you enjoy the game, to help you teach other people to enjoy the game. Just a wonderful all-around set of people. They've got a new product out there, too, which is some really cool card tokens that are made uh, with, like, dry erase materials. So you can write on them with dry erase markers. Whatever kind of token you need at the minute, sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just going to rip off this piece of paper and throw it on the table. Well, what if you were that cool person who was like, yes. hold on, I've got Here's these cards. my little <laughs> dry erase tokens. And I made these tokens, and once you don't play that deck anymore, it doesn't matter. You don't have to get rid of them. You just erase them and draw some new ones. I think yeah. it's so cool. And those are available at Card Kingdom right now. They tweeted it out the other day and I was like, oh, those are awesome. Oh, they're so cool. Yeah, so use the affiliate link cardkingdom.com slash GLHF if you want to buy anything from them. Um, yeah, they're they're just they're yeah. just a pip. Those are lots of wonderful people. You know who's not wonderful? <laughs> Amazon. In case you didn't see this week, Amazon Music has said that they're going to start uh, having podcasts on there. But part of the service agreement with podcasters is that you can't badmouth Amazon on your podcast. So I just want to be here saying they're a terrible company. <laughs> you will not be finding us on Amazon Music. Find us literally anywhere else. We're everywhere. We come Most, out of your cat's exactly. mouth for crying out loud. That's service. <laughs> that is service. Do you know what's not service? Union busting. Do you know what's not service? Selling facial recognition technology to ICE. Do you know what's not service? Just Amazon in general. Somebody else mentioned they were wondering when our podcast would come out of dog's mouths. Oh, that's right. You know, if you tune the ears right, it can happen. <laughs> enjoying doing this for the second time maria it's great isn't it great it's like a dry run <laughs> all right everybody it's time to talk with state of design 2020 uh based on mark rosewater's article if you want to read it for yourself it's over on dailymtg.com like we said he does this article every year yeah and this one starts back with Eldraine. no which was somehow only a year ago unbelievable instead of the 10 years ago that i definitely thought it was i was a child when the set came out do you remember eldraine because i don't i mean barely it was so long ago it was so long ago this pandemic has made every let's think what are even some cards in eldraine every second in a pandemic is actually worth 10 normal seconds which is terrible because you're living one-tenth of a second yeah mm -hmm. exactly like you get you get the happenings of one-tenth of a second but the length of 10 seconds Ugh, and it's just one terrible. second terrible terrible for so many reasons yeah. here's another one of them to add to the list exactly whatever that nothing pandemic. means any <laughs> anymore <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, time. We'll get to the uh, throne of Eldraine in a second. Yes. Before we do, we're going to talk about some overall stuff that Mark mentioned at the top of his article. The first bullet point he hit was that he said, this past year, more magic has been played by more people than ever before in the history of the game. How about that? Oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, like, man, yes, he says right. more magic product was purchased than ever before. Wow. More magic digital play happened than ever before. Magic as a game is thriving. I think this is wonderful. And I know this is the second time we recorded yeah. this, but I want to say it again, um, that it's really a point to drive home because a lot of people on the internet, like not a lot of people, but the people living in the corners yes. uh, who are full of farts uh, often say, oh, 
we're hurting the game because you're being more inclusive, include more people. You're ruining it. Your base won't want to play it anymore. Your game, your game's gonna go under. Because magic's dead. Magic's dying. Look at it die. Mm-hmm. And they're wrong because yeah. here you go, cold hard facts. Yeah. Um. I. I. Anytime someone's like ma- the magic magic's is dying, dead. and magic's you're like dead. magic's dead, and you're like, oh, okay, uh, okay. Like I'll believe it when I see the. Cold. Just like any time you're told someone is dead, oh ask to see the God. body. Right? I, I just want to imagine what kind of coffin magic would live in. I don't know. It would have a full-on crypt. It would look nice. Yeah. Um, anyways, next bullet point, he says there was plenty of design innovation. So true. And this is something <laughs> that we've touched on a lot in the past year, because obviously there are places where all of this design innovation has created a negative play experience or mm-hmm. a negative experience for players overall. But that being said, like a lot of design innovation happening is a good thing. Yes. You don't want the game to keep looking the same over and over and over again. Gosh, no. That's for other games to deal yes, with. Magic, exactly. thankfully, is one of the games that likes to innovate. Yes. It, it evolves. It's a different experience each time you come back to it, which is one of the things that makes it great. Yeah. And, you know, in this article, he gets into it a little bit more, and we will too, about how to better balance innovation with making sure your format doesn't get out of control because yeah. you have... Uh, created something that's broken. (laughs) So, you know, I always got to keep an eye on that. Um, Something that was really interesting that he puts here in a bullet point too, that I did not know is that every set that that had the collector boosters sold out. Wow. People love the collector boosters. Well, awesome. I mean, I, I, how many did I ever buy? I think only about one or two, but when I opened them, I was just like, wow. They're really cool to open. I I, my ones I got were from Throne of Eldrain and they were gorgeous. Um, expensive, but gorgeous. And people also loved what they call booster fun, which (laughs) means the different kind of card styles and stuff available in the sets. And I am here for that. I agree. Borderless cards are so good. A plus. And so cool. All of the different kinds of frames, like those uh, especially the fairy tale frames that they did. The adventure for, frames? Yeah, for Eldraine oh, were like... So good. So good. I think that those were some of the best alternative frames that we've seen. Um, loved yeah, them. Yeah, A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's some overall lessons from the year two. Now, remember, we're talking about all of the sets from the past year. Bullet point number one, we had balance issues. No kidding. Yeah, I think everybody knows that we this all, is a thing. That's, no one's surprised. No, no one's, one's surprised. like, well, What? Yeah, he said, we had so many bannings this year. Of course, that's not ideal. And we are working hard to correct the issues that led to this year's mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's something we're going to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit later more uh, complexly uh, as he goes through these sets one by mm-hmm. one. Another tie, tie into that is they, he says, we need to get better at thinking about the ramifications on all the different formats. Yeah. So like basically... Um, this would used to be what they would say is we, we can only test for standard and limited and that yeah. is it because that is literally the bandwidth we have yeah. as a company to make sure these um, formats stay okay. But, but people want to play pioneer. They want to play historic. Yep. They want to play modern. They want to play legacy and vintage commander commander. Like they want to play all of these different formats and it needs to be fun. I've got <laughs> to tell to you fun across all of them. I think this is the first time that I've actually seen from the mothership, this commitment to saying, or at least somebody yeah. saying this, that we need to think about testing in these other formats too. Yeah, for more, sure. more, um, on a more regular basis. Yeah. The final thing he points out is that this year could have been more mechanically cohesive. This is cool. And not something that I've ever thought about before, Yeah, but kind of saying, Hey, across all of these sets, like 
things didn't quite tie together all the time. Yeah. And that he points to being the part of the reason for that is that there is no more blocks. Yeah. So sets used to come out in blocks of three and then blocks of two and now just one. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like, well, how do we keep things together? Still like having their mm-hmm. own individual identity at these various planes that we travel to, but also play well together in standard or whatever format. A lot easier to do when three of those sets are on the same plane. Yes. So they're going to work on that moving forward. And he says, this is something that we still have a long way to go on Mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff to learn yet in the future as we continue to live in this blockless world. (laughs) All right. First set up throne of Eldraine. Yeah. Wow. Somehow only a year ago. Yeah. This is unbelievable that this was just a, uh, just a year ago. Um, Okay. So highlights here. It was a top-down design set, which means they had the concept for the set, which was a fairy tale slash uh, Knights of uh, King Arthur kind of flavored set. And then, boom, they design everything underneath that. Mm -hmm. A plus. It was a hit. And Mark says, we know he's been pushing for this. For 10 years. Yes. And there was skepticism Mm -hmm. from some people that it was was not a good idea. Yeah. We interviewed Mark Rosewater. You can go find this on our Mm -hmm. YouTube page. YouTube becomes such good luck. High five. And he talked about how like he initially came into this role and he's like, fairy tale set. We're doing it. And everyone was like, no, get out. (laughs) You're mad. You're mad, Mark Rosewater. You're crazy. How could you? And he is. (laughs) But he was also (laughs) right. He was also right. Yeah. This set was amazing. I love the theme and it looks like so did everybody else and he said it's throne of eldraine wasn't a hit in spite of the fairy tales but because of because of yeah that's a great point uh he says also the audience enjoyed this enjoyed the softer tone so he said part of that worry was that you know they worried that people didn't want a lighter toned set Mm -hmm. um and historically they haven't always had a good track record with sets that are a little bit lighter um but he said that this you know, this exhibits the ways that Magic's audience is growing and changing and embracing, you know, a wider variety of types of sets and tones from Magic. I love it. And this yeah. goes directly into what we talked about talked about at the start of this which was that more people are playing magic than ever before and we're widening that player base meaning Mm -hmm. that we're going to have more opportunities for more unique environments and cool things to happen in magic and they're being supported by that player base now so Mm -hmm. everyone's like like, it should still be a place for hardcore fantasy you know like Ravnica yeah style stuff but also there needs to be room for other you know like lighter more playful exactly. stuff, which is like, we've been talking about that on the show a lot, I think, yeah, you know, absolutely. And it looks like everybody are uh, not everybody, but like, you know, lots of people yes. enjoyed it. And lastly, he says adventure cards were loved. And what can we say except like, heck yes, yes. yes those cards what are a so good. What a great what a mechanic. What a great mechanic. When we come to the end of the year, we award our Crimbies. Yes. And I feel like adventure... It's going to be, gonna it's definitely going to be in consideration. Wait, did it win last year though? Because it was from like last year. This is from like the last oh year gosh. of magic design, which goes remember. August to August. <laughs> okay, man. We probably did award we it probably last award, year. Who knows? I'll look it we'll up, just give everybody. it to it again. Yeah. But <laughs> adventure, again. like what a cool, what a cool thing. Good early, um, good late, flexible. Oh. These are the things we look for in an award yes. winning, premium winning mechanic. <laughs> mechanic. <laughs> Next up, lessons from Th- Throne of Eldraine. Yeah, so number one lesson, of course, Oko. Oh, too many elk. 
Yeah. And, you know, he mentions in here, and I think when we were first reading over this article, <laughs> Maria was, you know, like at the other computer in the office, and she was like, there's some stuff in here that you would think, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, guess what? Turning something into an elk shouldn't have been a plausibility. It, it should have been, been a minus. minus ability. Yeah, for sure. It feels like so many other planeswalkers, like, I guess maybe some of them plus to protect themselves, but they certainly don't, like, take... Uh, they, like, just turn someone else's things, things into elk. That as well, like I don't know, really way too powerful. It was just so powerful. Yeah. Um, oh, Oko, yeah. we just barely that, knew you. Yeah, that especially with like turning something into an elk. That the problem with it being a positive, like a plus loyalty ability, is that you can just do it again and, and again, again and, and again. again and again. There's no yeah. cost to it for no. your planeswalker. No. It's actively beneficial, and you can just right. keep elking things forever. <laughs> Elking things forever. What the elk, Oko. And yeah, and I'm sure Wizards of the Coast took a huge hit with, you know, they had to eventually ban Oko, Thief of Crowns, and he was kind of like their (laughs) hallmark planeswalker of that set, which you never want to see. I know. So I'm sure they took that lesson and they took it hard. did really make a conversation point for magic. (laughs) So true. Like, what a talking point. (laughs) I guess it really... You know, it was a successful hallmark in that sense. That's true. (laughs) Yes. Another lesson from Throne of Eldraine was another one of their mechanics. Let me see if you remember this one. Adamant. Yeah. And it was forgetful. Yes. He said, like, it's kind of, it's the, you know, it's the mechanic in the set that was like, it was there. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. Which, I mean, he says that this is a lesson. I do kind of wonder, you know, if we look at adventure and we're like what a what a hallmark what yeah. a cool thing like is it possible and is it even healthy for a set for to, to have, have three, of, three those? of those i don't know like i would argue that sometimes you need the adamant which is like it's a role player it does um, a thing it does a thing it influences the limited environment for sure yeah but it's not going to be a huge piece of what this set looks like in constructed i agree i think it was so, totally, completely fine it was yeah it was forgettable yes you're absolutely right but i i it like didn't imp- i would argue it's okay for a mechanic of, of multiple mechanics in a set for something to be yeah didn't impact me negatively playing the set yeah for sure. exactly limited was kind of slow he also puts as a lesson um per, mostly due to food tokens yeah which you know you can see that coming from a mile away yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind that as much, but I understand that players aren't always looking for massively long limited games when they're playing. All right. What other set happened? Theros Beyond Death. Theros Beyond Death. I can't believe, like, it's so funny because I think we talked for years, for years, literally, Maria, you and I were like, we "We need to go back to Theros. Let's go back to Theros. When are we going back to Theros? And then it happened. happened. And like, now it's behind us. That's so wild. It really is. We obviously loved going back to Theros. And so did a lot of other people because his top highlight from Theros Beyond Death is that people loved going back to Theros. Yes. It's a great plane. It's a great plane. So much fun. And I think Um, that something that, you know, kind of the push and pull of going back to a plane, especially when like Theros is, Mark talks about, hey, what do we give players that they love from the first time this came around? And what can't we give them? Because we only have so many card slots, especially because we're only doing one, you know, one block for any given set here from here on out, unless it's something special. You know, they couldn't 
put everything in the set that people wanted. Yeah. And he was sad about that. But also, you know, come on, people. You can't yeah. do everything every time. I, for one, was very happy that Constellation returned. Yeah. Hu- I'm a huge Constellation fan. And I think Devotion, like, those are just two iconic mechanics to me. Yes. Um, ones that I love, ones that I remember. And he calls out Bestow as something later on. Yeah. He calls out Bestow as something that didn't come back, that was missing. And look, I am one of the people that yeah. was sad about Bestow, for sure, because that yeah. was my favorite part of original Theros. But that I was wasn't really like cool. so upset that I didn't want to play it or I was mad about it because I know that if they go back to Theros again, which I'm sure we will because people seem to love it, that Bisto will be there like more, more likely than not, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, I just like, I love enchantment creatures. Yes. We can always talk about Theros more. We love it. Like that we got to see Elspeth again, Yep. that we got to see the gods again, Yep. which are such a nice, right? We've always had the planeswalkers, not always, obviously, but yeah. in recent magic memory, there's always been like the planeswalkers as your color alignment. Right. And I love that the gods offer a different way to express like, it's a great way to put it. I love being a blue player yep. and I for sure identify more with Thassa than I do with Jace. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. Like, Absolutely. For sure. It's another, it's a, that's a, I would love for them to explore that space more. I'd be yeah. like, oh, he, hey, we're going to talk, we're going to show you your alignment and what kind of player you are, what kind of deck this is through some kind of hallmark that's not a planeswalker. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like one of the cool things about Theros is that it has that for sure. Um, They say players also liked Underworld and Escape, which, yep, they were super cool. I thought Escape was great. Mm -hmm. Really cool mechanic. And I can hear the chains clinking in my head now. Yes, every time something escapes. Um, I also, he also mentions that like the underworld was a way for them to return to Theros, but also show like a new, a new face of this plane. Ah, sure. Which I think is very cool and very smart of like, we'll go back to Theros, but like, what if we show you a part of it that we never explored at all before? Great idea. And I'm sure they can do that on other planes too. Yep. Sagas, also a big hit, which... Duh. We Duh. are the biggest saga fans you've ever seen. They're so good. Hello. They, when we talk about going back to when he was talking about overall like design space and design innovation, sagas were from a couple of years ago with Dominaria. Yeah. But like what what a perfect example. Yes. Of pushing design space and coming up with something that is just a a massive, beautiful addition to the game. Yes, and they will come back, I'm sure, and we'll see yes. them in more sets because they are so, so wonderful at exactly what they do. They're so cool. And to play like, a completely oh. new creative space without yes. being busted. It's, yeah, Saga's amazing. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. We could go on all day. Yep, yep. Episode three, what what are we on? 396 will be all about I'm how just, much we love Saga. Just Saga's. For an entire hour. Get ready. Get ready. Buckle up, buckos. Yeah. Uh, but hitting on a couple of the lessons from Theros Beyond Death. Yes. Number one, we missed some returning things. We talked about this before. Yeah. I don't really care about this one. I'm like, whatever. People can get over it. It kind we- of feels like the adamant thing. Yeah. Where it's like, do you know what? You can't you do. You can't do everything. Literally, you can't do everything. This is impossible. Then it would be too much. Yeah. Like there weren't all of, like not all of the gods returned. Some titans um, were missing. Okay. Well, they'll yeah, like, probably okay. come next time. Um, and I mean, this one was, this one, to be fair, is a real critique. The story was underwhelming. There was so much cool stuff. Like, I think part of returning to Theros was people have wondered literally since the original yes. Theros, what happened to Elspeth? Yeah. 
and yep. what was going to be the next part, the next part of the of the saga of Elspeth. Right, and we still don't know exactly. The set happened, and we like, don't we know. Like we technically know, like she escaped the underworld, but there was like a whole bunch of stuff that they were just kind of like, oh, behind the scenes, these things are happening. Like there's these titans, and because she got out, all these other people got out, and there were champions for the different gods that came from the underworld, and yeah. It was kind of a mess. Yeah. So Mark Rosetter said there was no book for this set, of course. So the weight of the storytelling fell to the cards. And while the story was reflected in the set, it just wasn't a compelling presentation for the audience that had waited so long for the yeah. story. I think there's places, right? Like Ikoria. I'm like, I'm okay. I don't need to know. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. I enjoyed it as a set the way it was presented. But it, like I said, like so much of going back to Theros was about what happened to Elspeth for so many players. Absolutely. And so that story definitely missed their magic. If you're listening, (laughs) uh, Ikoria is up next. Yeah. Ikoria. I loved Ikoria. Oh, so much fun. So look, we look, we're looking back at these memories, Eldraine, Theros, and now we're on Ikoria and all three of them were like, like, we love them. Bangers. Yeah. This is great. Back to back. I mean, of course there were the the problems that we talked about, Yes, but even so, when we're just looking like top down, high level view of these sets, every one of them, I have a very positive reaction to. Yes. Um, and Ikoria talking again about kind of like the more lighthearted element of it. Yeah. Of like with all the big monsters. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so he says like one of the highlights for sure, players liked the monster theme. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought it was so cool. I loved the mechanics. Yes. I loved the cool little animals you could make like with, with Mutate. And I know they weren't like, becoming something else is what we originally thought would kind of happen but like they kind of were yeah they do like they it's yeah it's very cool um and he said you know i think tied into that players embraced higher complexity yes um and the complexity in akoria is pretty high like mutate has a lot going on mutate is very complicated. And I remember thinking when it came out, like, ooh, are people going to understand this? Is this going to be a problem? And I think part of the reason that it turned out okay, honestly, was that Ikoria was on arena. Yes. We were not playing in real yeah. life. So a lot of the problems that you might have had come up just didn't come up because yeah, arena do it very for legit. you. Yeah, and because it was at the at the start of the uh, pandemic. Yeah, I don't know. And so it had a way lower tabletop presence. Yeah. Um because of that. And I also think and he mentions this like mutate is also so fun. It's like it it's is so super fun, fun and it's such a cool mechanic like you're willing to work it out. Yes. You're willing to just be like, yeah, I will 100% um like deal with the complexity of this and navigating that with my opponent. Because it's such a cool thing. It's like, worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And he mentions that as like being, I think, an important part of that. And, you know, he also mentions, hey, you know, this is complex. We're not going to do it all the time. But it was kind of a test. Yeah. To see would people balk at how complex this format is moving forward. And since they didn't and people liked it, we're probably going to get stuff like this again. Nice. Which is really yeah. cool. Uh, next up, players enjoyed the limited gameplay. Heck yes. Yes. Really fun limited set. We talked about this a couple episodes ago too, that R&D has been knocking it out of the park with these limited sets. Yes. Honestly. Like the limited experience of Ikoria. So fun. We had a great time in all of these. Yes. You could play so many different, like there were so many different decks that you could draft, so many different strategies. And like 
All of the cards were cool. I just loved every time I sat down to draft a Coria, I was excited to do it. Yes. It I was wanted an exciting to see experience. like what would happen next. And let it be known that it was exciting, not because I played my big bomb mythic rare that I happened to crack in pack yeah. number three. It was exciting because of the mechanics, the way the mechanics work together and the individual cards in the set that we were using our brain powers to assemble into a really cool and cohesive deck, yeah. which um, plays into our episode on fire or the, kind of like the philosophy of design moving forward yeah absolutely and he says that players fancied the tie-in which was that like you know people just had a good time with it it was cool um it wasn't for me like it wasn't something that i was wild about but i it was cool i enjoyed it and i know that other players were like very enthused about it i liked it because we got alternate art of the cards yeah that's true anything that presents some alternate art is very cool and so on arena i'm always like "Ooh, i want the one that's full art cool godzilla frame obviously um but yeah the name we talked about this before too the naming being different is a little confusing for me but um I really liked the, the different art design. Yeah, they were very cool. Uh, first up on the lessons category. <laughs> first up in the lessons category, companions. All right. So Oko was the first big thing we learned about companions. Even worse. Uh, the first line under companions just says, this wasn't just the biggest mistake of the set. This was the biggest mistake of the year. Wow. <laughs> and that was a year that also included Oko. So oh boy. that's really something. Um, he said, we made something that was so environment warping and not just in one format, but in almost all formats that we had to errata how the mechanic worked. Yeah. And he kind of explains that companions, they were trying to play in this design space of, of extra complexity, like we mentioned yeah. for Ikoria for the players. But what they didn't count on is that translates also into added complexity for your balance team, for your play testing team, for people designing yeah. the cards and they couldn't keep up with that. Yeah. And so that's how that kind of problem happened. You might be out there saying, well, duh, but here's the thing. Hindsight is 2020, which is a saying, I don't know if it works anymore, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Hindsight but, better not be 2020. Please, We're all just, maybe we all just forget no. this year. <laughs> We're all going to eternal sunshine of the spotless mind ourselves. Yes. Oh. Everyone will be like, hi, it's 2021. Oh, wow, 2021. What happened to what 2020? Happened? Nobody And somebody knows. with a cane, like grizzled and like long hairs. Don't ask that question. You don't want to know the answer. But one person wants to know the answer. That person, Keanu Reeves. Keanu. What? <laughs> I'm making the movie. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought you, for a second, I thought you were describing eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And I was like, I don't think you yeah, know, you know which star, Starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> we're talking about, anyways. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they, they, yes. they struggled with that. They like, hey, we're doing all this cool thing for the players, but the extra burden on them, it didn't turn out well. So yeah. he fully acknowledges that this is a huge blunder and that they are working on making it uh, you know, not happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, he says there was confusion over what kind of monster set it was. Uh, there were so many, so many different monster tropes in here that I think it kind of was like, people were, were like, we didn't, we don't feel like you delivered on what you promised with big monsters. 
Yeah, so like some people thought it would be more like he mentions Rise of the Eldrazi, where it was yeah. making about making giant creatures. And in this case, he was like, no, that wasn't really what we meant. We just wanted you to make cool monsters. Yes, and like bonding with monsters. Yeah, and, they're yeah. your friends and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a fair point. Yep. And last up, he says unhappiness about the disconnect with the story. Yeah. Which, as we mentioned, like I felt like that was fine for me in this one because we had come from um theros where we were like we wish that there was a story and there wasn't and it was like do you know what i'm glad that this doesn't have a story that i'm looking for and isn't there yeah yeah that's i mean like how could there be it was a new set new plane you know and there wasn't ever i don't feel like maybe yeah. i missed it but i mean in the trailer vivian was like fighting some things yeah but... apparently there's a book okay um anyways I guess we can mark that one down as like, yeah, because we don't care. Well, we we, so, did, we don't know what we're not missing. Yep. You know what I mean? There you go. Corset 2021. Oh, yeah. Is up next. Cor- corsets, notoriously just more of like a back to the basics. Yep. Kind of a palate cleanser. They often describe them that way. Yeah. And in this, the highlights from Corset 2021, players enjoyed the terminology changes. Yes. yes. Hello. We're both in this camp, meaning hounds were changed to dogs. And mill was added as a keyword. That's right. Dogs. And, and dogs are great. Dogs are great. Good pups. Yep. Um, he says players love the reprints. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like. Grim Tudor, Eugene. Oh, I love Eugene. Eugene I A+. love Eugene the Spirit Dragon. Yes, I please. shouldn't love Eugene. I do love Eugene. Solemn Simulacrum. Great. Oh, so. I was like on Arena. You can see now old cards with the word mill on them. Yeah. Because of Amonkhet Remastered, which oh, we've been yeah. playing a lot of. Oh, so it's much. It's really fun, we'll everybody. talk about that next week probably because yeah. it's so good. It's really good. But uh, yeah, seeing some on there, mill yourself for mm-hmm. you know, like mill two cards or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool to see yeah. that automatically implemented on older cards. Uh, he says players like Planeswalker, Vertical Cycles, and Frames. So those were the mm-hmm. cards that like with Teferi, like each each one had its color. Um, and then they had, you know, their Teferi and Teferi's tutelage and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. People also like the shrines in this set. Yeah, I think the shrines were cool. I wish they were a little bit more supported. There wasn't yeah. like a super great payoff for drafting like a bunch of shrines or anything like mm-hmm. that but i like to see them because they're a unique kind of magic card same way that i'm like oh yeah sagas are awesome yeah do you know what i noticed he doesn't he doesn't touch on the lighter tone in this one too because that was something that i think we really enjoyed especially during preview season and it seemed like people really enjoyed with the cats and dogs oh yeah that's a great point you know yep. mm-hmm. like i think i would count that as like a success of the set yes for sure like a highlight of course at 2021 was like pack leader yep what a cool card people Rin and Sari, yes inseparable exactly people loved when those like pride sovereign i can't remember people getting more excited about like preview cards that weren't exactly. like oh, mega mega powerful yes than these cards but people were just like yes look at this you know i'm, like, I'm gonna make a cat and dog deck and exactly. that was like one of the first things that i did and people were like oh is cats and dogs viable and while it really wasn't in standard you know for a few reasons um but also because like it just wasn't competitive enough like people wanted to do it yes. people wanted to make creative and weird unique decks built around a lighter theme yeah like that's pretty good for sure lessons 
issues with Teferi. Mostly people were traumatized by <laughs> yeah, Teferi in the past. <laughs> people were like, Teferi, people, yeah. no, no, no. People were very skeptical that they would enjoy anything that Teferi <laughs> was the face of because Teferi had made life unenjoyable for so long. No, Teferi, no, <laughs> please don't. Don't blow my creature. Oh, um, God. And obviously there were more planeswalkers than just Teferi. Yeah. Um, and he was, he's totally fine. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> Phew. Every time they, yeah. they print a Teferi that's not broken, everyone's going to be like, a dodgeball yes. there. Wow. And he talks about, like, in Corset 2021, Chandra had three cards because she was the face of that. Yes. You know, they had um, Mythic, Rare, and Uncommon Chandra. Yep. And people were like, not three Teferis? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think that's so funny. And they expected more mechanical ties to Teferi because Teferi was the face of Corset 2021, yeah. but that didn't really happen. And I think that's fair. Like, yeah. I feel like uh, Magic Origins was, you know, a really cool corset because it had that theme of yes. seeing the origins of all these planeswalkers. Uh, and I know, like, corsets are really is about like the, that. The but peak like, of a corset. Yeah. So that, I think so that's a good compare. goal to, yeah, to shoot for. I mean, why not? Absolutely. Uh, last up, Jumpstart. Jumpstart! Jumpstart! So cool. We love Jumpstart. Um, what a fun thing. It was so great. And you know what? We're not the only ones that think that. Mark Rosewater's number one highlight for Jumpstart is that everybody loved it. Yes. It was It was great. What a great idea. He says, ever since Doug Byer came up to me and said, hey, what about this Jumpstart thing? And pitched him the idea. Mm -hmm. um, the, the question he gets now is like, when are you going to make another Jumpstart? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a fabulous plan. What a way to get people into draft. It's super easy. Yep. Boom. Here's your deck. You've got a fun and silly combination that you can mm -hmm. make, which once again, lighter theme was a hit. Absolutely. Going to keep hitting the hammer on that one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. And I really liked how many silly decks you could get. Like um, tree hugging lands was one of my decks. <laughs> and I thought that was great. Great. <laughs> um, lessons, he says. I mean, the top one is like not a real problem just that there's not enough of it yeah um which is a pandemic issue like the print run was smaller and so there's just like people just want more of the product yeah which is an all right problem yep. to have <laughs> seems like a good problem um and he said that some themes that people wanted weren't there um because magic has a lot of themes and so they could yeah. not cover every single one but if you know if and when they do another jumpstart product. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll get to see some of those ones that weren't in there this time. Yeah, I love jumpstart. Um, I thought it was great. It reminded me of an unset a little bit, but more like a normal magic set than yeah. an unset, really. And it's off arena now, which a lot of people are pretty sad about because it's is such a great entry point yeah. into playing limited. Um, but you know, hopefully they make another one or bring that back again. Yeah. Because I had a great time playing it. It was it was so much fun. So there you go. There's a look at the year in review in design. Yeah. Mark Rosewater says, by the way, he loves to get feedback on these articles specifically. So we're going to tweet him this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can also tweet at him and let him know exactly what you thought about any of these points he raises in, in this article because he specifically likes feedback yeah. on these articles he writes for Daily MTG um, and asks for it specifically. Yeah. So there you go. Overall, Maria, give me your thoughts on the last year of magic. I think... It went a lot of really interesting places mm -hmm. and I am 100% thumbs up through the roof for all of the interesting and unique things that we tried. I am thumbs down through the floor for not <laughs> having the support in place for all of these awesome and cool things to be tried yeah. successfully enough so that we didn't have to deal with all of these bans. Yeah. So that's my, those are my two big bullet points. How about you? Um, I think my, like one of my biggest ones is that like, I think that we have 
permanently raised the bar on draft. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. It has now been consistently excellent. Yes. And it's happened like across enough sets where it's like, oh, this is just, it's making me rethink what I want from a draft experience. That I think that now if we went back to like a draft experience from like Dragon's Maze or something like that, I would be like, what is this? (laughs) Like I've now come to expect better. Like they've been doing consistently better. At making yes. a great draft experience. Yeah, and we cannot I think that's very cool. understate that enough. I mean, oversell that enough. <laughs> this is like what we I said about Game for the Sea about the world championship. Oh, yeah, when Maria just roasted <laughs> Game for the Sea. By complete accident. Never uh, fails to disappoint. <laughs> oh, my God. Unbelievable. <sighs> Never fails to everybody okay never fails to disappoint yeah and um yeah and i think i would agree that just like i think that it just feels chaotic to me with how much like every set being so powerful and trying to introduce so much power into it and then having to be like oh no oh no reel it back in yeah it's felt chaotic and yeah, that is, yeah. that's been my that's, that's a like great my, point my negative takeaway. Yeah. And we had our, our episode about how to potentially fix some of those issues yeah. w- with play design and play testing. <laughs> with a method that we call, instead of fire, furb. Furb. <laughs> hey, the furb method works, yes. Megan. That's, it works. I mean, yet to be tested, but furb. furb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready to crack this gross, gross pack? It's time for another set pack opening all right this like we said is eternal masters it already um, i can smell it from here oh it's and it's not that new pack smell everybody i know let's see if i wonder if we're even gonna be able to like figure out how much value was in here they might be so oh i'm gonna go to card kingdom and look up these yeah. card prices okay we had way. what i think was a foil mog war marshal can we be can we be sure about that no we can't be sure it was foil. mog war marshal checking it out now i mean it's just a common so i think one dollar and twenty nine cents. All right. I mean, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta put it in the calculator. Yep. Calculator. Okay. I found a rare. It just luckily the rare came off. Oh, okay. The rare is in tomb. Oh, is it a foil? No, this one is not. Okay. It, and, we do have a foil and back tomb. here though. In tomb. <clears throat> Seventeen ninety nine. All right, add it. You need to oh, can you make a little spreadsheet. I've got to find one with like you can put in multiple inputs. Um, multiple inputs. What <laughs> for a calculator? Oh, just like open this. An Excel tab. Here we go. Oh, okay. I don't know how right. to use Excel. All right, fair enough. <laughs> um, so all right, in tomb, however much that was. Okay, that was seventeen ninety nine. All right. Ooh, here's a foil dead bridge shaman. Okay. Enter seventeen ninety nine foil dead bridge shaman. Mm-hmm. What does that card do? It says when remember. it dies, target opponent discards a card. Uh, dead bridge shaman. Let's see. Is there a foil version? Because it's like twenty five cents normal. Oh well, I'll even put it in it. It's twenty five. Okay, twenty five cents. Twenty five cents. I found our token. I don't know that I'm gonna get our land out of here. Oh, I had mog war which was like a, a buck something or other. Oh, that yeah. one was. 129 right, adding well, 129 if there's a land in that pack we're not finding it okay oh here we go ancestral mask Ooh, i love that card yeah of course you do where are my enchantments at 
Ancestral Mask, 129 once again. All right. 129. Um, prismatic Lens. Okay. Prismatic Lens. Oh, this is just... Nasty. That one's 69 cents. Nice. <laughs> um, Let's see. These are actually coming out better than the, the other, other ones. ones. I mean, so far, I think once we get to the front of the pack, the back of the pack was slightly better. Oh, Maria, it's another enchantment. It's Armadillo Cloak. Oh, Armadillo Cloak. I armadillo love you. Armadillo Cloak. I'm just happy there's a card magic with the word Armadillo on it. Let's be yeah, real. Fair enough. $1.99. Um, Twisted Abomination. Okay. It sounds like an 80s band. Ugh. <laughs> Twisted Abomination, drum roll please, 29 cents. <laughs> 29 cents. I feel like we're playing the pl- prices right here. Yeah, nature's claim. Oh, this is moldy between here. Oh, no. Gross. Hey, man, water damage. Not a joke. We're not joking. Gross. Nature's claim. Let's go. Nature's claim. 49 cents. Wow, why is that more expensive? We'll never know. Uh, I guess it's more sideboards. Tidal wave. Tidal wave? Yeah. All right. Ugh. <laughs> Maria's laughing at how I'm holding these cards, which it's is very funny. away from my body. 25 cents. 25 cents. Add a quarter. Add a quarter. Oh, curd ape. Oh, curd ape. All right. Curd ape. What are we looking at here, Mr. Ape? 25 cents. Oh, blossoming sands. Oh, curd ape. 25 cents. Hold on. Throwing a quarter in the bucket. Blossoming sands. One moment. Yeah. That's why I was not oh. an accountant, everybody. Well, I mean, one of the reasons. One of many reasons. 29 cents. 29. Stupefying touch. I don't remember this one. One in a blue. Enchantment. Enchant creature. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchanted creature's activated abilities can't be activated. How do you spell stupefying? S-T-U-P-E-F-Y-I-N-G. Ah. Oh, I'm going to go wash my hands. Gosh, that one's not even coming up. Okay. Commune oh, wait, I spelled with it the wrong. gods. I spelled it wrong, oh, okay. everybody. It's 25 cents. Oh, commune with the gods. Yeah. I'm scratching my nose with a microphone because I don't want to touch <laughs> my face with my hands. <laughs> There's been four commune cards. Oh. That one's also a quarter. All right. I this pack like is not fine. proving to be very profitable for us. I mean, yeah. Oh, what I do don't got? know what this is. It just looks like a weird hand. Some kind of some kind of elf druid. <laughs> it's always a mystery game here. What is what is this card? Okay, wait. Here we go. I have part of the I name. I don't know. I'm gonna put twenty five cents in for it though. Blight. Oh, blight. Blight. Oh, soil. Yeah. Blight. Um. Not blight soil druid. Yeah, we got there. Twenty five cents. We were right. It was twenty five. All right. Uh, Ballynock cohort. B a l l. B a l l y n o c k. Cohort. Ballynock cohort. Well, I do not remember these cards. Me also neither. quarter. Huh. All right, and that's and then ew, it's Mogwarp Marshall. All right, so the total, uh, grand total of this Eternal Masters Flood Pack, 2607. All right. Well, we'll go find whoever is uh, closest, closest to, to 20, like prices, right? Yeah. Closest without going over? Yeah. All right. And 2607 will be donated to the charity of their choice. Thanks for Ugh. playing along, everybody. If you didn't play along, 
you know, follow us on Twitter over yeah. at GLHF Magic, and you can play along with us for fun games like Flood Damage Cards. <laughs> <laughs> really fun. Really, and, you really know, fun. Just great content overall. Do you want to yeah. wash your hands? I you really watch do. Those but let's, paws? You know, yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap up this episode so I can go wash my so I can go wash my hands. Okay. Hey everybody, it's time to say thank you to our other sponsor of the show. It's Ultra Pro. That's right. Ultra Pro makes some of the coolest stuff with great magic art. Um, look at this play mat. Look at Maria this cat. Is holding, Maria is holding the cute. The cutest cat play mat. Look at um, this it cat. is it's gorgeous. It's happy. It's from the cat's uh, secret lair. Oh, it's so release, joyful. Which um, it's really cool because like you said, Ultra Pro always does really awesome art on their products. Mm -hmm. And here you go. Secret lair art of yeah. the kitty cat. So if you want to celebrate all of the different cool ways that magic is diversifying the art on magic cards. Oh, yes. Like Ultra Pro is just one of the coolest places you can go to do <clears> that. <throat> they also have like we were talking in this episode about the Thro Throne of Eldraine adventure cards. Yes. And they have art from those adventure cards on play mats. Look at this one. Um, hello yes oh my god this is from it's which so this is another secret lair art yeah you all are going to tell me in the comments i can't remember because i don't remember is. which one either is um but i just like i keep thinking about like the order of midnight playmat that they have oh yeah beautiful it's that art is so gorgeous and that playmat is so cool so ultra pro great place to go um if you want to you know if you want to bling out your, your yes. play experience with some of the best art out there absolutely check out your lgs lots doing curbside pickup uh, yes. for all sorts of really cool stuff like this or you know card kingdom another great place to find mm -hmm. all of your ultra pro gear and why not gear up while you're playing at home you know what yeah, i mean man. that's episode 395 of good luck high five we are five away from 400 which you know means another musical episode holy cow i'm so excited oh, same. we better start writing some songs megan wow we really should if you um if you think of a song title yeah. that you think should be in the episode you can tweet at us at glhf magic somebody did i don't know when like a few like maybe a month ago when they're like don't forget about this when you do your musical what was it? I know which one it was. Do you remember? It's the person who asked if our if our episode that talked about Black Lives Matter was a lesbian joke. <laughs> oh my god. It was I swear it was not was it really bad? Yeah, it's someone like this has that. to be the song. Yeah. Oh what Maybe a great there was song another one, title. but I remember that one for sure. <laughs> Shout out to people who take the time to listen just so they can leave mean comments. Y'all are really doing the devil's work. A lesbian joke. Great song title. Yes. And you better believe it's being written. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mag Anyways. Magic is a lesbian joke. Just honestly. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's been our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you also to everyone who keeps the show alive and thriving. Uh, including all of our patrons, including Card Kingdom, including Ultra Pro, including the haters who leave weird comments. Absolutely. They give me life. Megan could not do it without you. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much, everybody, for always watching. You can find us anywhere on so any social media, media platform at GLHF Magic. Our mm -hmm. YouTube channel is youtube.com slash goodluckhighfive. Remember to ding the bell as well as subscribe so you get notifications when our videos are posted. We're posting two a week at this point. We're going to ramp that up hopefully in the near future. 
Yeah. Get some more content out there. We've also got a board game YouTube channel at youtube.com slash GLHF board games. If you're looking for some awesome reviews of new games or stuff to play in your life with our game guy, Nicholas. And, you know, we just we just do it all. Yeah, um, and of we course, really do. support the show and keep us on the airwaves coming out of your cat's ear and now your dog's mouth. Wait, your cat's ear? Your cat's mouth. <laughs> That'd be weird. Unlike hearing it from your cat's mouth. That's totally normal. That's normal. normal. Here's weird. (laughs) Over at patreon.com slash Magic. Thanks, everybody. We out. I'm going to go. I'm really going to go wash my hands.